Our guest this week is Michael O'Brien, who is Marketing Director for Motivation.ie, a weight loss company based in Dublin. Yes, weight loss is a topic that is timely for the beginning of the year, and we will talk about that. But we will be mainly talking about how a services company adjusts to the impact of COVID on its business. Mike talks about how motivation weight loss works and its move to fully online options for its clients. This meant that motivation developed e-commerce, online resources, online consultations and fulfillment services. Mike is a pragmatic marketeer and gives us a good idea of how small businesses are responding to COVID and to the lockdown. I think you'll find it an interesting podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Netzer, Digital First Selling. During these times of COVID and falling telco sales, Digital First Selling is the answer to new customer acquisition, increasing revenues and cost reduction. If you are a telco, an MVNO or an eSIM provider, we have the ideal Digital First Selling as a Service solution for you. The Netzer Digital First Selling Solution enables you to sell and onboard remotely. You will integrate with your BSS and OSS systems and with Salesforce, and we meet all regulatory requirements. Contact pat.flynn at netzer.com so that we can understand your issues and provide you with the best solution. Welcome to the podcast this week, and I'm delighted to have Mike O'Brien, who's an experienced marketing director on the podcast. Mike is currently marketing director for Motivation Weight Loss, and it is a service business, as you'll understand, and has been strongly impacted by COVID. So we'll hear from Mike about how he managed to respond to that and what he's doing for his clients. But first of all, Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Pat, and I'm delighted to be here. Great, and you're a Tipperary man, I believe. Yeah, uh, Nina, good old Nina, Count Tipperary. <laughs> How's the hurling going? <laughs> uh, this year it could have been better. I mean, we we were we we didn't make the final, and, and possibly, uh, but actually, whatever. But the hurling, a uh, big shout out to the footballers this year and their fantastic achievement. It was it was amazing, and also the his, so also the historical um, hundred year back is sort of interesting, isn't it? Oh, it was phenomenal, actually, from a from a marketing perspective. Um, there was so much chatter online and in various chat groups about the jersey, the commemorative jersey that the tip players were wearing. And it was really it was it was it was something that I'm sure when it hits the shelves, it'll sell in great numbers, if indeed it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a great idea. So you've worked with various technology companies and service companies as a marketing director. Do you want to say a little bit about your past roles, Mike? Yeah, God, when I think about it, when, when you contacted me last week about coming on the podcast, it, it, it gives you time to pause and reflect. I've been in the marketing business now for close on 30 years, and I've worked in lots of different industries. I've been in tourism, online gaming, uh, e-commerce, uh, e-invoicing. And yeah, so throughout all those, like in any career, you'd gain a lot of experience. But I think also being, I suppose, at that, that juncture of what we can call old school marketing and that transition to the new digital age and where we are now in 2021, we're, we're firmly in that digital age and marketing has, has changed so much in all those years. And one of the things, I suppose, as a, as a marketeer, you've, you've got to be able to be able to look, look back and look forward. And So you, 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 you obviously, Mike, started off in the good old days. I don't know 
how marketing was done in those days, but it's clearly f- fully digital now. Has, has that impacted how you think about marketing? Oh, absolutely. I, I think back to when I started out in marketing and you went to trade shows mm-hmm. and people brought order books. <laughs> and when, when you talk to a younger marketing person today and you tell them that actually at trade shows you made big sales and your, your pipeline was full for the rest of the year, they look at you and they go, you don't really understand <laughs> that. What's happened now is you have a generation of people who are coming up and they're fully digital and they expect and they, they are trained and that's the world they live in. But I think there's major, major challenges for most businesses out there with that. Mm-hmm. And my biggest issue with that is that we're now dependent very much on Google and, and Facebook and a number of its products for dissemination and retrieval of information. And what I mean by that is if we go back to, I suppose, when I started out, i say 30 years ago in marketing, you could get your information from many different sources. It could be print. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go actually down to the Enterprise Ireland Library. You could do your marketing research. You go to trade shows. You could network. Now you ask somebody about something, and the first thing they'll do is they'll go to Google. You ask a person of a younger age, and the first thing they'll do is they'll, they'll refer back to their social media streams. And, right. and to me, the power invested in, in Google and its platforms and Facebook, places, it, it, it really constrains the efforts of marketing. So that, to me, to me, is one of the biggest challenges. Whilst digital is good in many, many respects, I think also from a marketing perspective, particularly for smaller companies like ourselves, it's, it's very, very challenging because often what you find is that when you go to advertise or you want to compete online, it's actually how deep are your pockets. So when you're right. dealing with the newer digital, in, in our instance, what I'm talking about now is if we're talking about weight loss, the weight loss industry. There are some online digital platforms who don't have the constraints of having physical infrastructure like we do. So therefore, their propensity to spend online is far greater than ours and their ability to fund that is far greater than ours. And to me, that, that's a major conundrum, I think, going forward for businesses. Okay. So, so let's just talk about that. So, so you're currently marketing director for Motivation Weight Loss, which is a very successful program because I've used it myself and I found it very good. It encouraged people, encouraged me. I felt a real benefit out of it. And it was realistic as well. Maybe just say a little bit about the business first, Mike, and then we can talk about how you marketed today and what changed. Yeah, Motivation is uh, it's an interesting business. It was established by a French-Canadian uh, biatric expert, Dr. Maurice Laroc, 30 years ago. And what he found was that many weight loss programs don't actually address the root problems of why somebody is actually overweight. They, mm. It only addresses the symptoms. And he often um, uh, compared that to putting a Band-Aid on, on a bad wound. It, it, it's... it's it's only superficial. So Paul Connolly, who's the, who founded Motivation in Ireland, he actually attended a bariatric conference in the United States and he saw Dr. Maurice Laroc presenting and he got, oh my God, that's absolutely fantastic. That's, that's what we need in Ireland. And the, the core concept of what Motivation does is that it, 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 it focuses on the root causes of, of why people overeat. It looks at the... Okay. the, the the, the attitudes and the behaviors in and around food. And the core concept is called mental weight. And your mental weight is 
the weight you um, are um, according to your habits and behaviors. So if you continue to eat and uh, consume food the way you do, the mental weight is the weight you will end up at. So you could be physically 16 stone now, but your mental weight could be 18 stone. And they're the habits and behaviors that are leading you <clears throat> to overeat. So what motivation does, it focuses on those habits and behaviors and works with you to change them. So over a period okay, of time, yeah. your mental weight will actually be closer to what your real weight should be. And that can be, for some people, it can happen in, 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 in a short number of months. But we find for other people, they may have three or four underlying habits and behaviors that we have to work on one at a time. And then over a period of time, what you find is that weight loss can be significant. Um, so we have people who have lost 12, 13, 14 stone, but the average weight loss could be anywhere between three or four stone. Okay, so, so that's really interesting, Mike. So you're, it's, it's obvious that you, your weight is set by your habits, you know, maybe the extra cookies or drinks or whatever you have during the day, and you don't really think about it. So the whole idea then is to focus on, be aware of what you're eating, why you're eating it. This is the, this, the, the system, I guess. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Ashley Connolly, who's um, Paul's wife here and is the clinics director, she often says that, you know, when um, all of us who are parents, when we had babies, when they were young, excuse me, when the baby cried, what was the first thing you did was, well, you put a bottle in his mouth and it, it sounds flippant, but it's true. And that can be a habit that, that continues later on in life as you grow older in, in that your habit is that you feel that, okay, I, I have a little bit of hunger, so, or whatever. So you continually reach for food. And for some people that can be a fizzy drink or can be a chocolate bar. And what, one of the big things we find with people is that a lot of people are not aware of actually how the body functions of blood sugars and how they, they can rise and how they can fall. And when they can fall, you have a natural inclination to reach for sweet things. But what we try and do with people when they come in, not only is it, do we work on the habits and behaviors, but we educate them about how their body works so that when that itch or that urge arises for them to have something sweet. We say, but well, hold on a minute, understand what's about to happen. And before it does change that habit and reach for something else. So we, we're big proponents here of high quality protein. And we would mm -hmm. say to, to maintain good blood sugar levels throughout the day that you should eat protein every three to four hours. And that okay. transforms people's lives. It literally does because what now happens is that over the course of a day, you maintain the blood sugar levels so they don't feel those rises and dips and those urges or those requirements that need, if you like, to go for those those um, sweet snacks. Okay. Now, that's, that's really interesting, Mike. And again, so let's talk a bit, a bit now about the marketing. So clearly, the part of a big part of this system is that you come and meet a counsellor who talks through your weight issues. And it's very motivating, I find, to get weighed and you think during the week, well, I have to go in, so I should be aware of what I'm, what I'm eating. So, but now you can't meet face-to-face. -face. What has that meant for the business? And what has that meant for you marketing the business? Uh, well, I think we were, nobody in any business foresaw this black swan um, and this, this COVID pandemic and what it's done to businesses, uh, both in Ireland and, and overseas. But I, I'm now in my sixth year at Motivation, shortly after I joined, we set ourselves a number of different targets as a group, as a management team. Uh, one was to recognize the, the increasing demand from clients for more e-commerce functionality. 
Secondly, to recognize the demand from, from clients for more online tools. And thirdly, to recognize the demand from uh, clients that couldn't make it into a, a meeting with their weight loss coach, that they be facilitated with more of an online um, alternative. So the first one was e-commerce. I, I set up, I, I went to Shopify. I looked at all the different systems around and I identified Shopify as the one for us. And we, we began to, to fulfill clients' requirements. But interestingly on that, when you small business thinks, yeah, great, we're going to go online, we're going to sell. Actually, you also need to have somebody to deliver the product. And also you need good packaging and spend a lot of time on that. And I have to say over the last year, the work that DPD and their courier network has done on our behalf has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they've seen phenomenal increases in demand on their network and we operate a next day delivery service through them and we couldn't do it without them. So that's been huge. And when COVID hit in March, we saw an incredible increase in our um, online ordering. And another thing I think would be a lesson for small businesses listening to this is that small business just doesn't have, okay, we're going to go online and we're going to hire extra people to do the fulfillment. We, we did everything from existing resources. So yeah, we worked harder, we worked longer, but needs must, you know, just that because you, you want to fulfill the demand doesn't mean you can go on and have the opportunity or the luxury, should I say, to, to hire extra okay. staff. The other thing I mentioned then was online tools. So everyone expects now that you have an app of some sort. And I looked at the costs of developing our own. So it's a short-term solution as a hybrid, if you like. I, I worked with another company and I was able to white label quite a functional app. And that afforded me quick to market, easy to use, easy to uh, configure. And within, I think, two weeks, I had it on the App Store and I have it on the, the Google Play Store. On that, then we have all our tools. So it was a bit of work to be done in the background. I had to convert a lot of our, our audio files, get a lot of materials up there. So in effect, if somebody can't make it in and if somebody doesn't have access to the printed materials in the palm of their hand, they now have a motivation mobile app and they can work with their uh, motivation coach on the phone and, and, and continue the program mm -hmm. as if they were attending the clinic. So Right. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Yeah, look, maybe just talk a little bit about, about the coaching. Now, normally it's face to face, and the coaches are very good. They're very professional. How is that working? How how are co you, uh, clients responding to doing that on video? Yeah, that that's um, I, I suppose the third part I was going to talk about, and and you you've you've you've, you've nailed it with that one. Um, when I joined, we, we were doing uh, online programs, if we want to call it that. We were using Google Hangout and we were using Zoom. Um, and these would be for clients. Uh, we had clients in Greece, uh, in Dubai and Australia. Well, and well. these were people who, yeah, one was um, her daughter had done the program here and this lady was living in Greece. And the daughter says, mom, you got to do it. Uh, we had two guys in Dubai who had worked in Ireland and had moved to Dubai. And then we had a lady in Australia um, who'd heard about it and said, I want to do it. So... <clears throat> Needs must, and we, we, we sent out via uh, DHL the, our starter pack, which is a folder. It contains all the information that you need to, to, to do the program. And then on a weekly basis, um, the client could elect to either use Zoom or Google Hangout to dial in and um, talk face-to-face, -face, or if some of them were comfortable with video, then we just do it over the telephone. So it, it, this then meant that when the lockdown came, we were already up and running. We knew what worked. 
we are we are Google users in terms of our email. It's our platform. So we have a very strong backbone with that. So we elected to use Google Hangout. We didn't miss a beat, Pat. We didn't miss a step. Miss a step. So we did see clients who had underlying medical conditions heeding the, the medical advice from Nefid and, and, and the government. And they said, cocoon, stay at home. So what we said to them was, we prefer if you didn't postpone your program, even though we'll honor your visits, but here at your disposal, we have Google Hangout, let's do our weekly sessions. And even though you can't come in, we have an online store whereby you can order your product and we'll have it fulfilled next day delivery. And on top of that, then we said to all these people, uh, we also have the mobile app. So right. we, were, we, were, we were covered and, and part of that came down to the preparation that we put in place five years ago that we identified these three areas. And when COVID came along, we were ready to meet. You were ready, yeah. Okay, that's yeah. brilliant, Mike. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see the whole service transferred to digital and probably the customer, I imagine, I don't know what you think, maybe the customer acceptance of that is probably a key part of it. 100%. I mean, if I were to say it to anyone, when's the last time you walked in and paid your motor tax in the office? Or when's the last time you walked into a travel agent and said, can I have tickets here or can I have tickets for, for that? Mm-hmm. So I think there's an acceptance by people that there's a transition to a certain amount of services online. The fact that we were, we were able to facilitate it without too many hiccups, I think, made it easier for people. I think, were we scrambling to develop the store? Were we scrambling to develop the app? Or, or were we scrambling to develop the, the facility to do face-to-face? I think clients would have balked at that and said, you know what, this is too much for me. Right. But it was pretty much a seamless exercise. So, yes, there were those who said, no, this is not going to work for me. I want you to pause my program and I'll, and I'll, re- I'll recommence when, when all this is over. And certainly we, we offered that. But the vast majority of people, because we made it easier, were sure. able to continue with their programs. Okay, look, Mike, that was brilliant. So I know this is probably a busy time of the year for you. How do people contact you? What's the best way to, to contact Motivation? Website, motivation.ie. And we have 16 clinics around the country. Okay, excellent. And probably very timely for this time of the year. Also, Mike, as you know, on this podcast, the guest nominates the outro song. So I'm, I, I have a slight inkling that you might who you're going to pick, but I don't know what you're going to say. So please feel free. Okay, again, this is a great opportunity to recognize somebody who's, who's, who's been with me for, for so many years, and that's Bruce Springsteen. And my Man, God. The, the boss. Oh, yeah. Does he continue to deliver? I mean, Western Stars last year and Love Letters this year, two phenomenal albums. Uh, Western Stars is an instant classic. Love Letters grows on you. But in it, he, he, he reverts to his, his classic songwriting capability to, to wrestle these he fantastic does. lyrics from, from everyday common words. If, if you were to play out one song for me, it would have to be Born to Run. Okay, okay. <laughs> you can't beat that one, Mike. So thanks very much for being on the podcast. Everybody wins. Come on! What time? In the day.